His hair My goodness. looked amazing when he took that helmet off. I don't know what he and Chase Winovich are using for hair product, right. but they need to get together and run some sort of seminar. <laughs> a hair product sem- It's a good thing this is the last episode of the season, right? Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. It's the end of the podcast as we know it. It is the last episode. <laughs> and I feel fine. I, Let me tell you. <laughs> it's the last episode of the season, and I can't even believe it. But you have been awesome ever since you began listening to us, supporting us, following us on Twitter at Jason Mitch, and listening every week. I can't thank you enough. I'm sure Jace feels thankful as well. Uh, my goodness. I mean, for the for the first season of the podcast, I, I think I can speak for both of us. Mitch and I, um, very thankful for you know 104.9 The River for letting us do this. And then also, we didn't really know what to expect. We're two guys that love Jesus and love football and thought, hey, let's talk about football as long as we possibly can, not really knowing if there was going to be a lot of success or not. And you absolutely took to it and went quite we are well. greatly thankful for it. Good news, by the way. We just got renewed for season two. Let's go. So that'll be super exciting. Um, And we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. We will be doing some stuff in the offseason. First, though, can you believe that the national championship is not the biggest thing we're going to talk about on today's episode. Wild. Who to thunk it? Oh, boy. We'll get to uh, the coaching drama. But first, Les Satan defeats Satan to win the <laughs> national title. Congratulations to Clemson. That's, That's kind of how it feels, though, isn't it? I, I mean, absolutely. I, I As much as I'm sick with myself that I was wrong in who would win this game as far as predicting goes... I'm always happy to see Alabama lose, and boy, did they lose in unbelievable fashion. I will. I, I. I. Last podcast, I said that I probably wouldn't watch too much of this game just because I don't want to support either of these teams. <laughs> but I stayed through the first half, and I even went into the third quarter. When I saw them, or when I saw Clemson score in the third quarter. I knew that this game was over and it wasn't worth staying up the next who knows how long. So I went to bed. But holy cow, 44 to 16, Clemson over Alabama. I didn't see that coming. I watched the entire game because um, I'm a true dedicated fan and I care about of the who? podcast. Um, <laughs> I also kept thinking that maybe it would be a kind of a reverse. A Jalen Hurts would come in for Tua and lead the comeback. They put him in with like 10 minutes to go. They went three and out. I thought, okay, that's probably not going to happen. Not ideal. Not only does Alabama not lose games, they don't often lose big games like that, except to Clemson, and they certainly never get manhandled the way that they did on Monday night. You may like cherish that moment. If you're not a Bama fan, cherish that moment because the Nick Saban team will probably never lose that badly again. I don't know. And that's an incredible thing. I hope they do. I mean, I hope they do. I hope they do. I think Tua turning the ball over is going (laughs) to come back and be just as bad. I'm not saying that they won't lose another game. I'm saying the magnitude, 30 points. Clemson scored 30 unanswered points. That was a 16-14 game at one point. I knew knew Nick Saban was scared when in the second quarter, when they were down by a touchdown on their own 35, he he decides to go for fourth and three. That... I mean, they got it because they're Alabama, but still, that was gutsy. When you're down in the national championship by a touchdown in in your red zone, basically, holy cow, I well, was shocked. You want to know, though, what, if you if you take the emotion out of it of like, yeah, Bama got beat down, and you look at 
key key plays in the game. Never thought I'd say this. Alabama's red zone offense had three different opportunities to score touchdowns. And it's you kind of saw a, a little bit of a, a preview of what was to come when early in the game they had the ball on what the one yard line because the guy he couldn't quite get in and he had a false start penalty and Alabama ends up kicking a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown. They had other op- you had the fake field goal you had the the fourth and goal that uh, Tua tried to scramble on the outside. It, even that play call told you that wow we have fourth and goal and instead of throwing the ball. To Jerry, Judy, or literally anybody on that team, we're going to try a a bootleg scramble to the short side of the field. Like that, just that's uncharacteristic of Alabama. Maybe for the first time ever, Nick Saban got out coached in this game. Now I, I understand Bama's lost to Clemson before, but I don't think I've seen Saban get out coached like he did on Monday night by Dabo Swinney. It was surprising, and I still cannot get over. That Trevor Lawrence is 19 years old. That's like so. Picture him last year watching the national championship with his high school football team that they just finished their season, and he's watching this game going, "Yeah, I think I'll beat Alabama by 20 something," (laughs) and he does. He went 20 for 32, 347 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions against the Tide. I, I can't believe it. The jokes, of course, are that in 2020, some NFL team is going to fire their GM and fire their coach and start tanking just to have a shot at taking Trevor Lawrence. Uh, for those of us who are Detroit Lions fans, uh, we might not even have to do that to get a shot at taking him. So that's exciting. Matthew Stafford, if you're listening to this. Um, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal. Uh, I'm a big uh, controversial fan. I'm a big Colin Coward fan. And he said that there are only a handful of quarterbacks that he's seen in college that thought that guy is going to be a stud in the NFL. And he says Trevor Lawrence is one of them. But you know who was prospected to be even better than Trevor Lawrence? Do you know who? He might be transferring to Ohio State. He might be playing for the Buckeyes next year. You look at Justin Fields Justin from Georgia. Justin Fields was prospected better than than Trevor Lawrence prospected. No, I think he'll be great. And we'll get into that more as we get closer to the new college football season. But prospected is one thing, but I'm excited. I am ex- genuinely excited to see Justin Fields on the fields. <laughs> oh, that was so um, dumb. I, I regret everything, but I am excited to see him play. But the fact that Trevor Lawrence actually has executed and they kept uh, Kirk Herbstreit kept saying this during the broadcast. You keep waiting for Trevor Lawrence to have that freshman moment. And early on, on that first drive, when he goes three and out, I thought to myself, ah, this this might be it. This might be the moment. That moment's a little too big. This is Alabama now. We're not playing in the ACC anymore. The dude didn't break a sweat. His hair My goodness. looked amazing when he took that helmet off. I don't know what he and Chase Winovich are using for hair right. product, but they need to get together and run some sort of seminar. <laughs> A hair product. So it's a good thing this is the last episode of the season, right? Speaking of Michigan, congratulations to Clemson on a job well done. Alabama Clemson going to be, I mean, they have they're the two favorites. the The odds to win the national title it's Clemson and Alabama again. They next were the year. best teams for sure. Looking ahead, and really, you're starting for Michigan and Ohio State. You're starting to you've now that your bowl game's done. You're already looking even before the national title game starts. You're already looking. You're already in 2019. 
uh, the 2019-2020 season. And it starts with Ryan Day making some huge waves. So, huge. one, Ryan Day becomes, waves. becomes the head coach immediately following the Rose Bowl, right? Um, I believe officially goes into effect on January 2nd, so the day after the Rose Bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, hires the offensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. We know the air raid spread offense that they run. Great hire, in my opinion. Um, huge loss for Oklahoma State, too, yeah. by the way. And then he hires Greg Madison. And you might think, well, that's that's cool. If you're not, if you're kind of listening as a college football fan and not really a Michigan or Ohio State person, you might think, that's cool. Who's Greg Madison? Oh, he uh, he's one of the defensive coaches for Michigan. The man is uh, 69 years old, going on 70, and it, it's an interesting hire. A 70-year-old Michigan coach transferring to Ohio State. It's it's a weird situation, right? If you're Jim, well, that's he's not the only one. Who's the other one? Well, we're going to get to that, but I guess, yeah, I guess why bury the lead, right? Yeah. So that happens uh, at time of recording a few days ago. The next day, it's Al Washington, who, for reference, in comparison to Greg Madison, is 35 years old. And is a recruiting phenomenon and is highly instrumental in Michigan getting players from Ohio to come to Michigan. So in my mind, there are two possibilities here. One of them is that Jim Harbaugh is crying at his desk because the sta- his staff, his coaching staff, is now going to the rival he was supposed to beat and hasn't been able to do so. Or, or he had a conversation with these people and said, look, we're going to end your contract. You guys are gonna get picked up by Ohio State. It's gonna be dramatic, and then we're gonna burn <laughs> so them from this the voice inside too? out. We're gonna burn them from the inside out. Okay. You guys take down the program, like a Trojan horse kind of thing. Exactly. There'll be some headset weird things happening, like you were talking about yesterday when Ohio State plays Michigan. That oh, I'm sorry, I thought I was talking to the Buckeyes. Oh no, it looks like we're gonna lose this game. That could be a possibility. So there's still some craziness happening there. But I, I am very much struggling with this because. Ohio State, Michigan is a big deal. If you've listened to this podcast, you understand that. If you are coaching the Ohio State football program, how much can you convince the players that you despise that team up north if you spent time coaching with them? The only thing that they would have to say is they disliked the way that Harbaugh was doing things. That's the only thing, and that's why they left. The reality, I think, too, and and I won't take credit for this take. Um, I, I can't remember the source, but I, I fully agree with it is that we as fans, uh, and even we as media, have this idea that the assistant coaches, I think it's different with head coaches, but the assistant coaches have the same feel towards the rivalry, whether it be Michigan, Ohio State, whether it be Auburn, Alabama, what have you, that the assistant coaches have the same feel towards the rivalry as the head coaches and the players, that same hatred that the fans do, all that stuff. In reality, it's probably more of just a job. So you think about a guy like Greg Madison, had been with Michigan, went to Notre Dame, came back to Michigan, now goes to Ohio State. Very little program loyalty there. And again, what? I know what Gre- you- Greg Madison did some great things for Michigan, but very little program loyalty there. Whether you think it's just a job or not, you know the last Ohio State head coach who just thought the Ohio State-Michigan thing was just a job? Cooper. You know how long he lasted when he lost hmm, to Michigan? Not nearly long enough. Not very long. <laughs> so I think if we're going to play that team well, we need to have that camaraderie. That is a huge part of Ohio State. You even said it. Ohio State hates Michigan a lot more than Michigan hates Ohio State. I don't think that they hate Michigan more than we hate Ohio State. 
I think that you are more obsessed with Michigan than we are with Ohio State. Us, it's more pure hatred. Yours is pure hatred and obsession. That's how I would characterize that. One more crazy thing with Ryan Day. This is unheard of how a new coach coming into a Big Ten school. I mean, if you were to say, all right, you're a new coach, Big Ten school. Our expectation is for you to win 10 games. That's like normal. It is ridiculous to think that our expectations of him are to be, have a perfect season because he has to. Looking at this schedule, our first game, Florida Atlantic, then Cincinnati, then Indiana, then Miami, Nebraska, Michigan State, then we have a week off, then we're Northwestern, Wisconsin. We don't have a lot of difficult games. We play Penn State and then Michigan, but Penn State is at home, which is great because I would rather play Penn State at home and then at Michigan because we've had a better experience playing at Michigan than anything. But it is wild that none of these games, I mean, we're going to be projected to win all of Every these games. Every single one. So it's nuts that new coach has to come in and be perfect. And I think it will be with the, all of the craziness. I think he will be. But man, what what a job to he, have. He is setting himself up for success with these hires early on. And, and you're right. The expectation is always going to be just because it was the same with Jim Harbaugh when he came in. It didn't matter that the program had been struggling for almost a decade. He came in and it was you win a national title now. The man is like it feels like longer, right? For some people. Harbaugh's been there four years. He's had three out of four ten win seasons. So again, the average expectation for a, a school with the history like a Michigan or an Ohio State. And people are disgruntled out of their minds. Why? Well, you haven't won a national title. That's unfortunately for the coaches. That is for Harbaugh and for Day. That's just the reality of coaching at a program of this level. What Ryan Day has done, though, in his first week, two weeks, is really impressive to me as a Michigan fan. Now, I, I do want to take a step back because I am very inundated with Michigan fans, with Michigan Twitter, with Michigan reporting, Michigan journalists, whatever. And people are losing their minds, and I understand the confusion over Madison and Washington going to Ohio State. So I want I want to try and put a little bit of maybe pump the brakes on this the sky is falling mentality because it is concerning. It is concerning to see coaches I go to Ohio love State. Being an Ohio State fan at this moment, if this was happening the other way around, I would I would think the sky was sure. falling. So so let me give a little bit of perspective, maybe. As I referenced earlier, Greg Madison, this is not the first time that he has left Michigan for a rival. Okay, so I, I do question not his work that he did at Michigan, but loyalty to the program. Leaves Michigan for Notre Dame, goes back to Michigan, now goes to Ohio State. That doesn't surprise. Maybe it, sh- it does, but it, maybe it shouldn't surprise us all that much. That again, maybe for an assistant coach, it's more of a job than anything else. For Al Washington, that's the one that in my mind, uh, Greg Madison's fine Man, 69, 70 years old. Al Washington at 35, the recruiting machine that he is, that's a bigger loss to me than Greg Madison. And here's why, though, I still wouldn't say, oh, the sky's falling. Al Washington's dad played for Ohio State. He grew up in Columbus, went to Bishop Watterson High School. Okay, so he's got all these ties. He's only been at Michigan for a year. So does that make it less, as Josh Metellus called it, slimy? No, it, it doesn't, but it shouldn't be surprising that Al has a chance to go home and coach with Ryan Day, who, by the way, he has experience with. There's connection with Ryan Day from Boston College with the Washington family. So this is not 
this out of the blue it feels out of the blue and shocking but really there there are good logical reasons why he's going to Ohio State now my question is what is the situation with their contracts because this is all very new to me I don't know if their contracts ended and they just went with something else or if they willingly chose to go to somewhere while they still have a contract at Michigan they willingly chose to break that and go to Ohio State so the best I can tell for Al Washington he's only been at Michigan for the year so I have to believe that he was still under contract and either asked to be released or was bought out for Greg Madison. There was actually a lot more rumors swirling that um, his contract had expired. Michigan wasn't going to reoffer. Interesting. The best information that we have. And again, at Jace and Mitch, you can tweet at us uh, if we've missed something or if there's new information that keeps coming out. We'll try and stay on top of that, too. It sounds like, according to Mason and Brew and uh, confirmed by ESPN, that Michigan actually offered Greg Madison an extension He had completed his contract, offered him an extension and possibly even a little bit more money to come back. And he said no and went to Ohio State instead. Now that tells me that for Michigan, the sky is falling. Because if you're at a program and he is offered more money and more time, it takes a lot to move a family, to change roles, to change teams. Greg Madison. And you're willing to do that for your rival? He is 70 years old. I don't care about him anymore. By by Felicia. He's again, he he left Michigan for Notre Dame once already, came back and now goes to Ohio. You know what? Hashtag slimy. Now, do you think now now that we have all this information, do you think that Ohio State will rush more next season? As in Rushmore? As in Mount Rushmore. Because now we have Madison and Washington on our team as well. Okay, first of all, (laughs) it's Come Madison, on, that's pretty good. Madison with two T's, not a D. Second of all, Madison is not on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Third of all, there's the Ohio State education for you. But hey, you didn't come here to play school. So, you know. Okay, touche. Um, come on. I had for to hop real on though, that. Uh, like, this, is, this is huge by Ryan Day in his first couple of weeks. I do not believe the sky is falling. I think logically you can look at it and say, hey, there are ties the Greg Madison thing, I agree, doesn't look that good. I also am not that concerned about losing the guy. Um, I think, if anything, if you if you think the rivalry needs any more fuel to it, you look at, just for an example, and again, I can't remember the source that pointed this out, but you think about defense, senior returners like Josh Metellus coming back on Michigan's defense, who sat through Ohio State blowing out Michigan and Columbus without Washington and Greg Madison around him going through that same thing. And then both those coaches leaving to go try to make them feel that way again. It's crazy. If you truly believe in your heart of hearts that the rivalry is dead because Ohio State keeps winning, pull your head out of the sand. I cannot wait for next November. It is firing up. And before next November, I can't wait till the spring. Guys, we're going to be back with one episode per month in the springtime, getting into all of this drama. And as these teams are getting ready for the 2019 season, Jace, what do you have to say as we sign off for the 2018 season? Yeah, once again, thank you so much for your support. We're really excited to be back uh, in the spring as we look ahead to season two of the podcast, the next season of college football. Um, Please do continue to follow us on Twitter. Um, You'll be able to find all the episodes, too, if there's something that you missed, something you want to go back and rehear or take on. Highly unlikely, but you do have the opportunity (laughs) to do that. Spotify, TuneIn, and iTunes. And yeah, thank you. We'll see you on Twitter, and uh, we can't wait to see you back in the spring. Not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.